Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I live in the stupidest place on the planet. It might be time to find a new range. It's high noon for Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. And being in California reminds me of how stupid California is. Gavin Newsom has decided that he's going to have his own little bureaucracy to verify that the FDA is properly doing their jobs, AKA trying to sow doubt about any vaccine that might come out while Trump is in office. That's crazy. The idea that Trump is just going to unleash an unsafe vaccine on America to get reelected is utterly insane. And the fact that people still believe this is just more proof of absolute Trump derangement. Andrew Cuomo is giving speeches about how his goal is to be the first state with everyone vaccinated. That sounds mandatory. No one needs a vaccine for a disease that kills one out of a thousand people, all of them being elderly with comorbidities. I should say almost all of them, just to be technically correct. And that's dying with COVID. Most of those people have two or more morbidities comorbidities the average age of death is still 80 doesn't kill kids and almost no one under 65 dies from covid though some people die with covid this silliness is unbelievable gavin was uh getting in trouble with the theme parks and so now he's going to figure out ways for them to open you don't need to figure out a way. Just let them open. 
That's it. People are starting to write openly about how masking policies didn't work. And of course they haven't. Today, some of the uh, stat guys that I follow on Twitter for COVID information were posting uh, curves from other places like Argentina, who instituted a mask mandate in April and their COVID numbers have climbed ever since. The only thing that they have to say about that is, oh, well, it would have been so much worse if we hadn't instituted mask mandates. Nah, because that happens everywhere and masks haven't done anything. If masks stopped spread, they would have stopped spread. This is basically like every other Democrat political idea, like all the ones that they run in Democrat states with Democrat senators and Democrat mayors, like right here in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Chicago or New York, where things get worse and worse and worse for the quote unquote communities that Democrats pretend to be able to serve. The truth is the only community that Democrats serve now is other Democrats, particularly rich Democrats. If their policies could work, they would have worked. By the way, if you guys are just listening to High Noon for the first time, go back, listen to the trailer, get rooted so you understand how the podcast works. Listen to Revisionist History, Apocalypse Now, and Controlled Demolition. If you want to understand what the last six or seven months have been news-wise regarding COVID, regarding the race and gender narratives, and regarding the absolute media debacle that we have endured over this time. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. I also have a Parler account and a Cloud Hub account for when Instagram and Twitter become no longer viable, which is probably coming very soon. And then when I finally get video going, when I get off my ass and start doing the video, <laughs> it is true. It's just my own laziness. Um, well, it's not just my own laziness. It's all the technical bullshit, man. It's just a lot, you know, like every amount of time that I spend doing that stuff is less time that I spend trying to figure out what the hell's going on so that I can tell you. So that has felt more important to me than video for this amount of time. Although I go back and forth on that every day because I know that video would obviously increase the reach, but, uh, you guys have all been awesome and so supportive. And I really appreciate that. Please rate the podcast on iTunes. If you have not yet, and share it with your friends. So many of you are telling me that you share it with everybody. I love that. Um, and I couldn't be doing it without you. If you want to support the show, you can do so at I'm your moderator.substack.com. Okay. So fun, fun stuff. One thing that I really love is that the COVID relief negotiations are virtually completely stalled because of Democrats. And Josh Hawley, uh, the senator from Missouri, addressed this yesterday and said one of the things that I have said for months now, which is that they are going to reject anything that includes Democratic state bailouts. And I love that because Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo and Gretchen Whitmer and Tom Wolf 
and Phil Murphy and these other Democrat governors do not deserve to be bailed out by American taxpayers. They just don't. And the fact that they've held up relief for the rest of the country on that basis, along with the failed attempt to get universal mail-in balloting, and along with the failed attempt to get the teachers' unions' demands met, and California, for instance, still does not have kids back in school, which is just terrible. They're just holding a nation hostage so that they can enact their political agendas. It really is atrocious. And the fact that people don't see this, the fact that people are still scared of the coronavirus and that they think that these restrictions are somehow related to the science is just preposterous. And so I love that, like I said, I love that Josh Hawley is saying this exactly how it is. They are not going to pass any bill that gives a trillion dollars of American taxpayer money to Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo to bail out their pension funds and to bail out their total mismanagement of their states during the coronavirus crisis. Like they have made it impossible for people to do business. They have uh, made it a necessity for people to leave their states like wealthy, productive people who run businesses, who pay taxes are leaving these states because the tax amounts are outrageous and the restrictions are outrageous. And amusingly, 50 Cent, the rapper, realized all of this yesterday. There was a graphic that went around. I think it was from Fox Business showing what the tax rates in New York and New York City and New Jersey and California were going to be. And they're all around or upwards of 60%. 60% of your income, if you're in a top tax bracket, is going to get paid out to the state and federal government. That is just ridiculous. Imagine giving your money away to someone who says that they're going to help other people and instead they just blow all your money and give it to their friends. These are the worst politicians that have ever existed. This is not just incompetence. It's graft and it's theft. So 50 Cent said that he's going to vote for Trump. I love how rappers are leading the way on, on walking away from the Democratic Party. It's wonderful. And I'm not saying that anybody should vote because that's how they're voting. Obviously, I don't think that anyone else should dictate your vote. But if that causes people to give a second look to Donald Trump and to Republicans in their state, I think that's fantastic. A friend of mine wrote to me yesterday who I have... You know, he and I don't agree on politics. I've mentioned him a few times on the podcast, but he he hit me up yesterday to ask what I was going to vote on the different ballot measures. And he sent me his list of choices. And I just I couldn't believe it. And then he added on that he was voting voting for George Gascon in Los Angeles for district attorney. And I was just like, man, what? 
And then I didn't, I couldn't even respond anymore. I just said, Gascon, are you serious? And, and I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, I just wanted to be like, I am voting the exact opposite of everything you say. I am going to use my vote to try to make sure that Democrats in California have as little political power as possible. And I cannot understand for the life of me why anyone wants to keep empowering these people. You know, it's got to be Trump hate that they just think that this is like a way of voting anti-Trump. It's not good. And, you know, it's he even had like no on Prop 22. Like he wants to empower the state to unionize Uber and Lyft and other independent contractor roles. That's garbage. Uber and Lyft drivers do not want to be employees. This isn't about them getting health care. If they want health care, they can pay for their own health care. That's how it works. Being an employee means that your employer has to treat you differently than if you're an independent contractor. It literally takes away the best parts about those jobs, like the flexibility and the fact that you can genuinely be your own boss. You work when you want, as much as you want, keep making money if you want. If you become an employee, there are all sorts of new restrictions. We don't need every job to be unionized. In fact, we don't need any job to be unionized. The faster the teachers union goes away, the better off we are. We certainly don't need unions for independent workers. Like, what is the goal here? And of course, we know what the goal here is. More political power for the same people. California is run so badly. Gavin Newsom is, he, he put out this list of restrictions for holiday gatherings. Like you can't be around two, more than two other households. And you have to be socially distanced and like wear masks between bites while you're eating. These are the stupidest people in the world. And you know that they can't believe this stuff. So either they're trying to convince us that COVID is the biggest problem ever, even though we are at the lowest numbers since April. But we still have to be scared, even though Florida has been open for three and a half weeks with no problems. Just one of another of the endless list of things that Anthony Fauci has been wrong about. The supervillain's assistant. Maybe he assists Bill Gates. Maybe that's it. Because Bill Gates kind of does look like a supervillain. Like this unassuming dork in sweaters. Who now, for some reason, thinks that he's the best person to be controlling world health policy. Like, when did we stop listening to the experts about health policy? But now we have to assume that that Bill Gates is an expert at health policy. Nah, he ain't. So I'd expect that we're not going to have any COVID relief packages before the election, which is good, except for people like me, whose former jobs are just completely unavailable. 
but that's fine. I honestly would rather deal with a few more months of not making money the way I used to than allowing people like Gavin and Andrew Cuomo to get away with the stuff that they have done. They should not get away with it. And that is why they're all freaking out. If Donald Trump wins, then there won't be any big like COVID solution package. You know, if Democrats win, that's exactly what they're going for. They're going to pass a multi-trillion dollar package. They're going to tell us that so many people have been hurt by the coronavirus when it was really just lockdowns in Democrat states that have made things so bad. So they'll sell it to us as they're looking out for the little guy. But what they're really doing is just giving hundreds of millions of dollars for bad governors to get their budgets back in order. It can't happen any other way. Too many wealthy people are leaving the state for it to ever work with a tax policy. They're trying to institute wealth taxes to just straight up steal those people's money. And there's no other solution. If Trump wins, these guys are finished. And I, for one, cannot wait. That is, that will be such a joy to watch Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom just go down in flames because they are among the worst politicians that have ever held power in our country. So we're preparing for what would have been the third debate on Thursday and is now the second debate because Joe Biden canceled the last one, essentially. They pretended that everyone there was scared because Trump had already had the coronavirus. He is not contagious now and wasn't last week. And they instead had in-person competing town halls. It was a duel. So this week they're going to have an in-person debate moderated by Kristen Welker, who from all signs is another loyal media Democrat, just like Chris Wallace was, just like Savannah Guthrie was. But it's actually worse than that because the debate commission has decided that although the debate was supposed to be about foreign policy, they're going to change the subjects. And now it'll be about things like race in America, which, although I know is an important topic to many people, is something that we have covered and something that we should, if our media weren't so illegitimate and irresponsible, already have a full understanding of. Joe Biden hasn't talked about foreign policy at all, except for saying that we should give Brazil $20 billion to help with the Amazon because of climate change. What? That is a very, very stupid idea. And speaking of how bad it is to be back in California, just driving around today, 
looking at the homeless encampments and seeing videos like constantly every day, there's, there's this guy, Kevin Dalton that I follow on, on Twitter, who's always going after Eric Garcetti for the homeless problem and always posting these videos. It is, it is absolutely awful. Like we have basically built or allowed the building of slums right in the middle of Los Angeles neighborhoods. It is disgusting. And I've said many times, I live close to one of the worst ones. And having to look at that every day, I mean, it's just like, it is honestly like zombies are, are taking over Los Angeles. And I don't say that to be judgmental of those people. I don't uh, actually know those people. I can imagine that some of them are really down on their luck and may have been treated unfairly by the system or by people who took advantage of them, or maybe they're vets with mental illness. I can appreciate all those things. But what we are doing now is just allowing this rampant filth and disease and crime to be completely pervasive in this city. It looks like the third world out there. Los Angeles is fucking disgusting right now. But we still have buildings being built. We still have roads being refinished. Especially in very liberal neighborhoods. It's really something else, man. It's really depressing. And they keep pushing as the solution to this problem building homeless housing projects. That's not a solution. And these projects are years off if they ever actually get finished, which in California, why would anyone believe they actually will? They just keep dumping money into these projects because they know that liberals think that they can alleviate their, their guilt by pretending to fix these problems because they certainly aren't really fixing them or else they would be fixed. And so the debate commission has just scrapped the original plan of talking about foreign policy. That's gone. And they're talking about instituting a mute button so that they can silence people while the other person is answering. Now, I don't know how that's going to help. I have a feeling that people are going to want to see it used to somehow embarrass Donald Trump. The idea that an American institution is going to try to silence on purpose an American president is just utterly insane to me. It's so disrespectful and so out of bounds on how we should be thinking about this country. I'm sorry if you don't like Donald Trump's attitude, but Joe Biden and Chris Wallace interrupted him more times than he interrupted them. Donald Trump started that debate off very self-contained. Didn't turn out that way. But then again, how could it when he's being asked ridiculous questions with dishonest premises 
And the candidate across the way is straight up lying about his own policies. But I imagine that the truth is they want both of these things. They want to stay away from foreign policy and they want to have the mute button so that they can try to protect Joe Biden on the Hunter Biden issues. Today, 50 former intelligence officials released an open letter where they were trying to once again blame the Hunter Biden laptop on Russian disinformation, even though it absolutely is not Russian disinformation. And the way we can know that is because Hunter Biden's signature is on the receipt. That was reported last night. And they're still trying to do this. That is a disinformation campaign. What else can you call it? They are literally lying on purpose to try to get this out of the news. In the letter, they write, we want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post by President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are genuine or not, and that we do not have evidence of Russian involvement, just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. If we are right, this is Russia trying to influence how Americans vote in this election, and we believe strongly that Americans need to be aware of this. Now, these 50 former intelligence officials are all in big trouble because they were intimately involved in Hillary Clinton's Russian collusion hoax. They are intimately involved with the military industrial complex. They were intimately involved with the undermining of Michael Flynn, with the the, uh, Mueller investigation and the impeachment. And what they're proposing now is unbelievable. Yesterday, the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, said in no uncertain terms that there is absolutely no intelligence indicating that Russia had any connection to the Hunter Biden laptop. And of course they didn't. They just get Hunter Biden's laptop, take it to the computer repair place, sign Hunter Biden's signature. Then what? Manufacture a way to get it into the FBI's hands while the FBI shuts down the look into Hunter Biden's laptop for nearly a year, even though it has exculpatory evidence directly related to the Ukraine impeachment issue. Russia put all that in motion, signed Hunter Biden's signature, and oh, by the way, used Hunter Biden's real emails and pictures and video and text messages. And we are supposed to believe that Because the same people that lied about Russian collusion are also lying about this. And we're supposed to trust them. Adam Schiff. We are supposed to trust Adam Schiff. Again, DNI Ratcliffe said that 
what his problem is, is he's extremely worried that people are exploiting the intelligence community to push their own political goals and that they're not true. Adam Schiff is the chairman, the House chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Does it seem like he's supporting and defending the United States Constitution by making this shit up? Who is going to hold these people accountable? It's certainly not California voters. And it's really sad and disturbing to watch people that I know and have known for many years and have respected at times provide cover for this bullshit because they are so concerned about Donald Trump being reelected because somehow that reflects so poorly on them because these people have no sense of patriotism. They believe that the U S is always wrong about everything. It's funny because they also believed that when George Bush was going to war in Iraq and now they love George W. Bush. They think he's like a cuddly little teddy bear that Michelle Obama likes to squeeze as she goes to sleep. That's insane. How can you possibly keep it in your head that you like Bill Clinton, a legitimately accused serial rapist and sexual harasser, George W. Bush, who you spent eight years calling a war criminal and probably still call him a war criminal sometimes, then Barack Obama, who did more to shut down journalists and whistleblowers and droned just about everybody in the world. And Joe Biden, who's been in government for 47 years and been taking payoffs and selling his office the entire time, who has a long history of racism and was mentored by a former uh, grand Klegel and exalted Cyclops of the KKK. But you like all of these people and Hillary Clinton, of course who's basically all of those terrible people wrapped up into one. But you're going to believe them. And then all these intelligence officials who are career liars. And it's provably true. Again, Adam Schiff spent years on television saying that he had proof that Donald Trump had colluded with Russia. He had evidence. But all the people that he interviewed... Not one of them had any evidence that didn't stop him from saying it. Yet we're going to believe him and we're going to vote him back into office. And the mute button and the change of subject, that doesn't make any sense. Because if you think Donald Trump isn't going to talk about the Hunter Biden email problems, that's insane. And unless the moderator is going to mute Donald Trump every time he tries to bring it up and says, I'm sorry, sir, but we need to stick on topic. I mean, maybe that will happen. But otherwise, Trump should just say, where's Hunter? And then just leave it 
as his answer the whole time. And then when they turn his mic back on, he should go, where's Hunter? And then just leave it. Where's Hunter? Just only say that the whole time. The answer to everything is where's Hunter? Do you denounce white supremacy? Where's Hunter? Do you denounce white supremacy? Where's Hunter? Because you know that they're just going to keep asking that question. Do you denounce militias? What? Where's Hunter? And Joe Biden is still in his basement. I mean, it is. I almost can't believe that he is going to debate on Thursday. I feel like it's under 50-50 odds right now. Because everyone with this information is continuing to put out more and more of it. it there's going to come a point where they will just release this information to the public if the news media won't do it. I don't see what their move is here. You know, I mean, if Biden is on that stage with Trump on Thursday night, Trump is going to bring it up and Biden will not have an answer because the Biden campaign has not even said that these emails and pictures and text messages and blah, blah, blah are untrue because, of course, they're not untrue. And we have the entire media running interference, calling it a Russian disinformation campaign and trying to slander everyone who's willing to talk about it as being like a Russian asset. First off, Russia is not our primary global adversary. China is. Iran is also bigger, and so is North Korea. All of those countries pose more problems to us than Russia does right now. They're only calling it Russian because they know that people are dumb enough to believe it because people still believe the Steele dossier is true. People still think that the only reason Trump wasn't impeached was because Republicans got his back because they're all corrupt. There was no chance Donald Trump was going to be impeached. Why? Because he didn't do anything impeachable. I mean, I guess you could say anything is impeachable as long as the Congress agrees that it's impeachable and they vote for it. But it wasn't just about Republicans being spineless in the face of Donald Trump's downfall. There are plenty of Republicans for sure who would like to move on from Donald Trump as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, that for them, that's not going to happen until 2025. And fortunately for the rest of us. So I don't know what their move is. I have a feeling that they were trying to change all this stuff up, hoping that Trump might duck out because of the mute thing. Because he, it would make him furious, and I can imagine it will. But maybe they're going to go through with it. That seems like a fantastically stupid idea. But we shall see. John Roberts in the Supreme Court yesterday decided to side with the liberals because John Roberts basically just is a fool and a hack who will do whatever the Washington Power Establishment says. And he's allowing Pennsylvania to take three extra days to allow ballots to come in. Hopefully that will be made irrelevant based on the size of Trump's win. But we shall see. The Republican 
uh, registrations since the summer are outpacing Democratic registrations by 90,000. And you can assume that if someone is newly registered as a Republican, it's not to vote for Joe Biden. There might be a small portion of former Republicans who are going to vote for Joe Biden. But there's no way in hell that someone signed up and registered Republican this summer and they're going to vote for Joe Biden. Otherwise, they would have just registered independent or Democrat. So Pennsylvania is going to be a tough one, no matter how many days it takes them. And, you know, one of the things, one of the ways that they're doing this and one of the things that has upset me for so long, and I've talked about this, man, since, I don't know, May or June, but the universal mail-in balloting thing, you know, they have these drop boxes and the drop boxes, as I discussed with uh, Senator Melendez, they're not going to get postmarked. And so they're talking about being able to count ballots and receive ballots for extra time after the election day. But they have to be postmarked by election day. Of course, if they're not postmarked at all because they were dropped in a ballot box, I guess you can just accept them for three more days. You can find them anywhere, really. They could just create new ones. I don't trust any of this. And people are like, that's a crime. No one would fill out a ballot falsely. Like, what? This stuff happens all the time. In L.A. last night, a ballot box full of ballots was set on fire. And so how do those people vote? How do they know which people's votes didn't get counted? Those people are going to track their ballots. How many days will they track their ballot for? Maybe they'll realize by election day that their ballot never made it there. And then what? You know, maybe they'll go vote in person. But there's no real safety measure there. Are we just supposed to trust the most corrupt government in the country, probably one of the most corrupt governments in the world, considering that California has, if it was its own country, would have the seventh highest GDP in the world. This is just complete manipulation. It's voter suppression. It's actual disenfranchisement. Not that silly shit they talk about with Stacey Abrams, who still lies about having won in Georgia. She didn't. It's crazy how much is going on right now. Every day is just like a massive news bomb. The DOJ has filed a lawsuit against Google trying to break up their monopoly, which will be very interesting. The Ghislaine Maxwell deposition is supposed to be released maybe as early as tonight. And that's Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirator in sex trafficking and the compromising of people all over the world like Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew. There's just so much going on. And then beyond all that, CNN's senior legal analyst, Jeffrey Tubin got caught Tubin while zooming And the media initially claimed that he had accidentally exposed himself 
But he was jerking off. Like, why don't they just tell the truth? And again, just another example of utter incompetence. Like, if you're going to lie, you should have a pretty good assurance that you're not going to immediately get caught by reality. And they never, they never think that they're going to get caught. I don't understand this. It's like they're so dumb that they don't realize that the information environment has completely changed and that people are going to find out. And they just keep doubling down on it because I guess they think that, you know, Biden voters are just such suckers and that they're just willing to say anything to make sure that Trump can't get an edge anywhere. But like an hour later, they had to come out and say, yeah, no, he was he was jerking off. And Jeffrey Tubin, of course, is one of the uh, the the hashtag me Too white knights out there on television. Thanks, Jeff. It's too bad that Jeffrey Tubin's not Catholic and was worried that like Jesus might see him from outer space. And then maybe he would have he would have jerked off somewhere more secure. Like how? How do you fuck that up? Oh my god. What a complete fucking loser. Oh god. Everything is so crazy. Why? Here's why. It's because the old guard is in its death throes. It's amazing that anyone believes Biden is actually ahead. He is in absolute panic mode. The entire side is in panic mode. They would not need to be censoring opposition, making up stories, trying to say that Russian intelligence is responsible for Hunter Biden's computer. And the fact that the worst stuff on Hunter Biden's computer is not out yet is my mind is fully boggled once again. They know it's going to get worse. And they like they know what people have, what Rudy has and Bannon. Like when Trump says this shit, like at his speeches, his rallies. He's not lying. People need to understand that. You know, it's it's been so built up that everything Trump says is a conspiracy theory, but it isn't. Trump knows all this stuff and he tells us every day. But we have the media and all the old guard institutions trying to make it seem like none of it is legitimate. They won't cover it at all. It's it's unbelievable. Like when all this stuff comes out, what are they going to say? Oops. Everything right now is just an attempt to get the Democrats across the finish line so that they can try to cover all this stuff up. It's unbelievable. And what's more unbelievable is that people are actually supporting all of this to the detriment of their own country. It's like the it's like the people who just hate their parents so much 
that they bitch about everything all the time. Like they hate, I hate my dad so much. And then like on the 31st of the month, they call up and they're like, dad, you know, I'm really sorry. Like rent's due tomorrow. That's how, that's how these people think of their citizenship as Americans. And that's sad, man. You know, I said before, my, my girlfriend is Mexican. She's like legitimately a Mexican immigrant. And I asked her back, I don't know, in the spring or the summer and said, said, hey, do you guys like hate your country? Does anyone ever tell you that like your country just does bad stuff? And she's like, no, of course not. Like, viva la Mexico. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like Mexicans love Mexico, but somehow like 40% of Americans hate America. And why is that? It's because our culture tells us to. And that my friends is sick. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to Hope's Fall. You're right. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at I'mYourModerator.com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon where I'll have additional daily ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening until next time. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul, be reasonable. Moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct Shop.Spreadshirt.com slash Cancel-Couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to KO-FI.com slash I'mYourModerator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon, down on the range. It's hell!